0: Well, this morning I wanted to just take the opportunity to look at another psalm with you this morning, and you know the psalms are are very neat. I mean, we talked about that a little bit last week. Just mentioned how they're kind of unique in Scripture and they show the heart of the the psalmist writing it and their their cry. But you know, but they can also become very personal. You know, the Lord can really speak to you through. Through the Psalms, speak promises or words of encouragement. You know, it can quicken verses uh, to you from them, uh, or sometimes a, even a whole Psalm. And I I remember how the Lord quickened a certain Psalm to myself, and then He separately quickened it to Sarah. You know, for our lives, and then we were traveling to a certain nation, and the, our host in that nation said, oh, "You know, I really feel this Psalm for you. You know, that God's speaking this to you is uh, what He wants to do as a promise and 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 so that psalm was 121 by the way that's the one we're going to look at today but you know for you it may be another psalm for you uh it might be this psalm but you know god uses his psalms to speak to us of what he wants to do in our hearts of what he wants to do in our lives or of how he'll be with us and preserve us and and so forth and so you know i just encourage you to to, to be open to that when you're reading the Psalms and ask God to speak to you from the Psalms because they can be precious promises for your life. And, and so we're going to look at, at Psalm 121 this morning Just for a little bit. It's, a, it's one of the Psalms of degrees where it was the, one of the pilgrim songs that, that the pilgrims would sing as they would make their way, you know, three times a year they were to appear before the Lord at the feasts and they would celebrate these feasts, but they would sing songs as they traveled up to the, the mountain of the Lord. And so this is one of them. And so it it kind of depicts an aspect of our spiritual journey to spiritual Mount Zion uh, and some of the experiences we can have. And, and so this psalm is, is a, a precious promise and that it's a promise to the pilgrim that the Lord would be with them. And, you know, some tribes have to travel farther than others and you know, through different trails or different highways to get there. But the promise is that the Lord would be with them no matter where they were in their journey, that the (laughs) Lord would be their protection. And so let's look at this. It's only eight verses, so let's read the whole psalm here. Psalm 121, it's a song of degrees. It says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills, from whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he that keeps thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And so, you know, as I mentioned, the the psalmist or the the pilgrims would sing this as they're traveling. And and it's kind of thought that they would sing this when Jerusalem would come come into view, and they would see the mountains surrounding it, and they would say, Look at these great mountains surrounding Jerusalem. And, you know, does my help come from them? And they give a response of faith, you know, declaration in their hearts, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And you know sometimes God will take us through situations that bring us to that place where we need help. And it's we have to have that response of faith. There's no other source. It's the Lord who's my help. The maker of heaven and if he's started something, if he's made it, then he can complete it. You know, so there's that declaration of faith by the pilgrim that we have to make as spiritual pilgrims at times you know, that acknowledgement. And and in reality, the crux of this psalm comes down to a single statement. I will lift up my eyes, right? We're going to look at different promises that we can enter into and experience, but it really comes down to this statement. I will lift up my eyes. And so really the blessing, the blessings from this psalm, they come as, you know, we make that decision in difficulty right because the reaction of our nature is usually to look around us and say what's the quickest way I can get out of here and and get get through with this situation and find help and overcome and so forth right that's our natural way of responding but the pilgrim knows that our only safety and help comes from the lord and so we have to lift up our eyes but of course the consequences we have to wait because right? we lift up our eyes to the one who helps, but he doesn't show up on our timetable, so we wait. Lord, I will wait upon you. In fact, I think that's in one of the other pilgrim psalms as well, that I, that concept of the Lord or the servants waiting upon the Lord. And so whether it's to receive comfort or wisdom or direction, if we have become pilgrims, we're those who we fix our eyes upon the throne of heaven so that we can enter into to these blessed promises. And of course, one of those promises in verse three, he will not suffer your foot to be moved. And I thought it's interesting. We looked at that last week in Psalm 62, right? That God is our defense and through him, we won't be greatly moved. But then there was a progression, right? We might be shaken and he'll get us back on course, but Right? There's that progression like in Peter's life of slowly becoming stronger and stronger, more immovable and immovable until he makes us like the rock in that sense of being firm and steadfast in his ways. You know, that was the prayer and the song of the, the weary pilgrim and sometimes it was a long and dangerous road. And so, you know, you think about natural journeys, right? We've all taken road trips or journeys, or I don't know if we've necessarily hiked a lot like they would have done back in the day. They would have had trains of, you know, people just walking to Jerusalem with some on animals and some walking, but maybe more our relationship would be driving. But, you know, we've all had times where maybe we took a wrong turn. We got off the road and we're like, how do we get back to the our main road? And we got to figure that out. The days of GPS, it's a little easier Unless it takes you some really strange way. But you know, part of our concern as as a as a traveler, as a pilgrim, is Lord, keep me on the right pathway. And so that's the cry of the pilgrim's heart. Lord, I want, I want to stay on your pathway. And so God's promise and his expression of that, you know, to the pilgrim is, you know, he will keep us. He will not suffer your foot to be moved as long as your eyes. Are lifted to him. All right. And so there's that, that need to keep our eyes upon the Lord, upon his ways, upon wisdom, right? To walk safely. Of course, we can read that in Proverbs 3:21. It says, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. All right? So when we're lifting up our eyes to the Lord, there's obviously there's more things than just looking to the Lord. But what are we looking for? Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Those are two big ones. Of course, there's other ones we could talk about, right, of the fear of the Lord, of, of uh, you know, joy, of rejoicing, of thankfulness, right? All of these things that are involved in looking to the Lord and embracing those things that he is speaking to us. But if we embrace those, verse 22, they shall be life unto your soul and grace to your neck so that you walk in the way safely and your foot not stumble. You know, that's that's the kind of the ex- expounding on this promise that, that God's saying in, in Psalm 121. Right? He'll keep us so that we can walk in the way safely and we won't stumble. And so that's the promise of seeking the Lord, of keeping our focus upon him and his ways, of doing what's right in his sight, then we walk in the way safely, and our feet will not stumble. Then back in Psalm 21 121 and verse 4, it says, Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And this word for keeper, it means one who stands watch. Right? And so the one who stands watch over Israel, won't slumber or sleep. And so, you know, the one who stands watch on the walls, uh, you could say, you know, they, they had the night watch because they were watching for the enemy to come. It was unsafe times, you know, when, when they had the people on the wall or people out looking for the enemy to come. And, and, and so it was the responsibility of the sentry to watch. And if the sentry fell asleep, then the enemy could overrun the city. You know, in the Roman army, it was a death sentence to the soldier who had the night watch. If they found him asleep at his post, that was it. There wasn't a lot of sympathy for that, um, and so there was strong incentive to stay awake. I don't know what they did, you know, but they they stayed awake if they knew what was good for them. You now, actually, we just taught the Book of Daniel uh, recently, and it can, contains an account of the fall of Babylon. And one reason Babylon fell is because the watchmen were given over to a spirit of drunkenness and slumber. And ancient historians confirm that. But what God is saying here is, he's saying, I am your watchman. That's even better because he doesn't sleep. He doesn't fall asleep. Nothing gets past his notice, right? He says, I am guarding you. And and this is significant because this song was sung in the day and in the night, right? They would travel for many days sometimes to get to the city. And and so, you know, it kind of speaks to us as pilgrims. We can go through the day experiences, but we can go through the night experiences where there's uncertainty. We don't know how things are going to turn out, right? We can't really see too far ahead. We just have to place our trust in the one who has watch over us, over our souls, over our bodies, Right over our possessions, over everything that we've entrusted into his hands. He has a watch over us and he doesn't fall asleep. But, you know, as we look to him and as we trust in him, it's kind of like a song is developed, a song of praise, of hope, of trust. You know, we know from Scripture there's certain groups of saints in heaven that are going to stand around the throne and sing songs of worship. And what's unique about it is that no one else can sing that song. It's because they learned it on earth. You know, something was birthed in their hearts through many difficult experiences where they, looked, they lifted their eyes unto the One and looked to Him, and they learned to trust in the One who watches over them. And they rested in that. And, you know, there's a song that's birthed in our hearts that we're gonna be able to sing for eternity as we do that, as we lift our eyes and trust in him. Verse Going on in verse five, it says, "'The Lord is thy keeper.'" The Lord is your keeper. So there's an, actually an allusion here to the Lord as our good shepherd, that he's the keeper or the shepherd of the sheep. And this is encouraging as well because uh, when you consider the prayer of Jesus at the end of his ministry, he had a track record that he shared with his father, right? In John 17, 12, he says, I, while I was with them, speaking of his disciples, I was with them in the world and I kept them in thy name. And those you gave me, I have kept and none is lost. But the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Jesus here is the good shepherd and he had his flock and he didn't lose one single sheep out of his flock. And so, you know, we're tended by the good shepherd. And so, you know, one sense, this is a psalm of of just coming into that place of rest and trust, of recognizing who he is and what he wants to do in our lives, right? He is the good shepherd and he's good at his job. He keeps his sheep. You know, our part is just staying close, right? That's when we get into trouble. Most of the stories you hear about sheep You know, are not when the shepherd's standing right there. It's when they've distanced themselves from the shepherd because the shepherd is calling the sheep together and, oh, there's one missing. It's not because he lost them, it's because they trotted off to something that looked more interesting and they got in trouble. You know, I mean, we have the parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18. You know, and it's not the good shepherd that loses the sheep. It, it actually says they those sheep have gone astray. And they distance themselves from the shepherd. But the promise is if we stay close to the shepherd, we stick with the shepherd, we follow his guiding hand, he'll be our keeper. He'll keep us safe and secure. And then back in, in verse 5, kind of finishing that off and The next verse as well, it says, he's our keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun won't smite thee by day or the moon by night. The Lord is our shade. You know, that that word could also mean shadow. He is our shadow. Now, if you're just looking at that itself, it's like, he's our shadow. How is that good for us? Well, you know, when you're out in the desert or you're out, you know, especially we know in Florida here, you know, we've gone to air shows or things where you're out all, you know, it was funny. We went to this air show, um, and they had these big, you know, jumbo jets, but it was so funny to see how many people had put their chair under the wing of, of the, those giant jets. You know, it was just a big wedge on each side of the plane. They're all under the shadow. They just wanted the protection of, of that, the shadow of that wing. But that, that's kind of a picture is Lord wants to be our shadow and our protection from what would afflict us. It's not that we won't ever experience the heat and the sun, but he makes it bearable. He makes it so we can endure. Of course, there also is an allusion to Psalm 91, right, that that we're to make his shadow our dwelling place. Psalm 91 verse one, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. My fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And so trusting in His presence, in His leading hand, His guiding hand, helps us to endure, is our protection and our shield. You know, the thing about a shadow is, you know, He's not saying that we see Him in His form, but we experience His shadow, right? Just that undefinable thing that comes upon us you know this is the the difference between a natural illustration you know you see a wing there and you're experiencing the shadow we don't see god but we're experiencing his covering and his protection as we dwell in the secret place of the almighty right another concept of sticking close to the shepherd dwelling in his presence and he will be our refuge and our fortress so that we can trust in him. And his presence really is the key. Right? When we run to his presence, we know what his response will be. Right? We can kind of see that in how Jesus came to earth and, and he talked about Israel, what he wanted to do to Israel. Matthew 23 and verse 37, it says, O Jerusalem, you know, basically, if, o- if only you had come to me, I would have gathered you as a hen, gathered her chicks, under under her wing. You know, if if we look to the Lord, you know, God is not afar off saying, Well, I'm just gonna make you sit there and suffer for a while till... No, his heart is I'm I'm as a mother hen coming to running to gather and to cover her chicks under her wing, to cover us from the heat, to enable us to endure and to overcome and to triumph. You know, this is the experience of Psalm 121. It's not deliverance from all trouble. It's far from it. But it's preservation. It's endurance. It's knowing his presence and knowing him as a shield, being preserved. Actually, that's the word that's used in verse 7. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forever. You know, the Lord has been talking about specific things, you know, beforehand, like the heat and enemies and so forth. But now he's saying, I'm going to preserve you from all evil, all encompassing. You know, we don't have to ask the Lord, Lord, is this situation uh, included in your promise? No. Or or yes, because he preserves us from all, all evil, all situations that we're going to experience. You know, as the theme I mentioned at the beginning is that that we're to take note of is that the singers, they turned their eyes up to the Lord and they kept them there. And so as we're on our journey, we have to constantly remind ourselves to lift our eyes to the Lord, because, you know, it's it's in our nature to let them fall down to what we can see before us with our eyes. You know, one of the challenging things about this psalm is the, is the kind of experience that we're going through is not necessarily based on a specific word from the Lord, but it's just trusting. It's trusting in who He is in these general statements. I'm going to preserve you from all evil. But sometimes we're in a situation where like, Lord, how about this situation? He doesn't always tell us and give us a word from heaven and give us faith for a situation. So what do we have to do? We have to fall back on some of these other words. I'm going to preserve you from all evil. You know there, there's faith, but then there's hope. We have to hope in who God is, and that He's declared He's going to preserve us. He's going to keep us. You know that's one of the challenging things. Sometimes it's a song that he's developing in our hearts of the day. Sometimes it's a song of the night, where we don't see much that's taking place. We don't have a clear word from God about every situation. You know, In Pilgrim's Progress, as we looked at that in our study, there was a time he came to a place where he found the only way to to reach the city of Zion, the celestial city, was through a valley. And it was called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And it was a dark time where he literally could not see. He could only see that it was a quagmire to one side and a pit to the other of, you know, where he would fall in and he had to walk on this narrow way. But all he could do was trust that God had ordained a pathway and he was going to get through eventually. And so he went through it the whole night. He had to put up his sword. I thought that was interesting. It, You know, the sword was not helping him because it was just a dark experience he was walking through. He could only rely upon the weapon of prayer. Right. And so, you know, he could only go forward and trust in that God would be merciful to him and he made it out the other side and he looked back and and he saw how he marveled that he even made it but he understood God was with him at every step but yet he had to just trust that God would be with him and would get him through to the other side you know trusting in God often has to do sometimes more with hope you know than anything else Right? The foundation of faith actually is hope. We see that in Hebrews 11:1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. right It starts actually with hope. Now faith is a substance. It's something we, we actually possess. We clearly possess it through hearing a word from God and it's that faith that produces the miracle. But, you know, there's times where we don't possess faith as a substance because we don't have a specific word from God about a situation. And so we fall back on hope. Lord, I'm hoping in, in your word and in your promises to me that you would preserve me, like it says in Psalm 121, because I'm lifting my eyes to you and I'm keeping them on you. You know, that requires dedication to the idea that God is good. And he's going to have mercy upon us. We can trust in him. You know, if Abraham had a foundation of hope in his life. Even though he's the father of faith, he knew what hope, what it was to hope in God. You know, Romans 4, 18 says, Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become a father of many nations according to that which was spoken, uh, so shall thy see be. In one sense, he didn't have a clear picture of what God was going to do and the timing because sometimes we read Revelation, or not Revelation, Genesis, the first book, right? And we we get through these chapters pretty quickly in our Bible study of the different times God spoke to Abraham. But for Abraham, it was years and years of walking between each promise and each time God spoke. And so there was a time frame when, you know, God spoke to me yeah, 20 years ago. What am I doing today? I'm hoping. that that today he's going to lead me in a right way, that today he's going to direct me uh, and I'm going in the right way. I'm going to keep my eyes upon him. And And it says he had hope even against hope when it seemed like hope had failed. Hope was gone. But he looked with spiritual eyes unto God to see something that he couldn't see with his natural eyes. And, you know, that's what sets him apart is that, you know, Those who hope in God in this way, they lay a firm foundation for an increase of faith. To walk in greater faith. And so we can set our trust and hope firmly in God. And when we do that, we lay a foundation for God to speak and impart His faith. And that can become a song in our lives. A song of hope and trust. Well, I don't have a word from the Lord, so I'm just going to sing my song of hope. And I'm just going to keep on as a pilgrim and keep going till he speaks from heaven and gives me a a, a word of faith that I can possess as a substance. Until then, I'm just going to sing merrily on my way. The last verse, we read this, but verse 8 says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. And the final thought, of, of this psalm is if we make this our practice and our way of walking with the Lord, of constantly lifting our eyes to Him for help and direction and for, uh, for hope, He'll preserve us in going in and going out. Each step of our existence, God will preserve us. And you know, I was thinking about this reference of going in and going out, you know, talks about that. There's a couple of people. One of them's David. When he was young in Saul's house, it says he, you know, he walked closely with the Lord and it says he walked in wisdom and he went in and he went out before the people and the people loved him because of how he went in and out, you know, and there's that sense of blessing. He just kept his eyes on God and walked in wisdom and he went in and he went out and God's blessing was upon him. And, you know, God wants to preserve and bless each step we take in life so that we grow in wisdom in our going in and in our going out, as Jesus did. He grew in favor with God and man, because he had his eyes upon his father. And so if we walk in this way in our lives and we keep our eyes upon the Lord and we're just going in and out. And sometimes we feel like we're going in and out of like, you know, seasons. that was a nice season, but now I'm going and out of that and going into another season. Well, if we just keep our eyes upon Him, that's the, that's the thing that never changes. If we walk in that way of life our path, and keep our, our pathway as one as coming into His presence, He'll preserve us now and forevermore. He'll preserve us in these days and into eternity. And so Psalm 121 is a message of hope. It's one of turning our eyes unto the lord from where our help comes from and if we'll do that it's a promise of being kept from being greatly moved but then as we walk with him and and there's an increase in in that thought of being of stability and it keeps us from being moved until he he just makes us into a rock that we're not moved because our eyes are just fully formed in Him and trusting in Him. And that that song has been fully formed, that song of hope. It's like, well, it's another trial, but I'm singing that song of hope. He'll be a century over our lives and He doesn't sleep or slumber. He'll keep us as His sheep and He's never lost one yet. And He will hide us in the shadow of His presence and preserve us from all evil. It'll put a song in our heart that we will sing for all eternity with him because he will preserve us all of our days from now and forevermore. And Lord, we thank you for your precious word and your promises to us. And Lord, we just look to you, Father, even now, and we pray that you would make us, Lord, to have this pilgrim song in our heart and you develop it even further, oh God. Lord, of Lord, pilgrims who would constantly lift our eyes unto the One, oh, the maker of heaven and earth who's able to preserve us, who's able to keep us, who's our good shepherd. Oh, Lord, who is our strength. Lord, we just pray that, Lord, you would just establish that heart within us and that natural tendency, Lord. We, we confess that sometimes our tendency is just to look around us and to figure out how to do things ourselves. But, oh, God, would you cleanse us from that? mentality, from that reaction, Lord, that we will look to the one, oh, who is able to preserve and cause us to overcome. Oh, let our eyes be upon you that we can enter into these precious promises, Lord, both now and forevermore, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.